Okay, good morning everybody. Today's daf is Baba Kama daf Kuf Gimel. We are holding on daf Kuf Beis Amid Beis at the second wide line. Tanu Rabbanan. Today's year is sponsored by Dr. David Landerer in honor of his wife and children and Lili Nishmas, his mother, Golda Basimcha Shalom. Also by Daniel Sadian for the success of Klal Yisrael in these times and Atzlacha for our soldiers and our captives. And also by Michael and Karen Raskis to commemorate the yard site of Michael's mother, Shoshana Leah. Bas Harav Moshe, the Nisham Shav Aliyah, we thank uh, all the sponsors very much for the sponsorship. So what we're going to discuss today is the following. First, we're going to quote a b'risa that talks about where a person buys a field, but instead of writing in the star that he's the one buying the field, he writes in the star that it's the Reish Galusa who's buying the field, because he figures no one's going to start up with the Reish Galusa. So the question is, uh, the b'risa is telling us some halacha about that. What are there two, two, two versions of the b'risa of exactly what the Bryce is even teaching us, meaning, okay, so you wrote such a star. So what does that mean? What does that mechayev the Reish Galusa to do? What does that mechayev the Mocher to do? What, uh, what halachic ramifications does such a deal have? Then the Gemara is going to discuss the, a case where Afkahana purchased uh, flax from someone, but he left the flax at the seller's house. Yeah, I'll pick it up when I pick it up. He already paid for the, for the flax, but it's in the seller's house still. He trusted the seller to hold on to it for a while. And it was such a while that the flax went up uh, significantly in value. And at some point the seller said, you know what, I have all this flax that belongs to Rav Kahana. It's worth five times as much as it used to be worth. And he decides he's going to sell it on behalf of Rav Kahana. So he's not trying to steal for himself. He's going to sell it on behalf of Rav Kahana. Rav Kahana will make a killing on this. So now the seller goes back to give Rav Kahana the money. And Rav Kahana is in a quandary because I paid a hundred dollars for this. And now instead of getting the flax, you're giving me five hundred dollars. That looks a lot like ribis. It's not ribis daraisa, but it looks a lot like ribis. So Rav Kahana is not sure what to do. Then the Mishnah on the bottom of Amad Aleph is going to discuss what happens when you have to, uh, how, not what happens, how far does a person have to go to pay back the Karen and the Chomesh if uh, he stole something? And how far does one have to go to pay back the Karen and the Chomesh, to, to, pay, back, uh, the, to pay back if you stole something, Stam? How far do you have to go to pay back the Karen and the Chomesh if you stole and you swore falsely and then you were Moda? Meaning over there you have a Chiv of Karen and Chomesh and Karban and you can't bring the Karban until you pay back the Karen and Chomesh. But what if the guy that you want to pay back has moved out of town? It's going to cost you a plane ticket. You know, there's only uh, one airline flying to Israel right now. The, the round trips are uh, $2,000. So how much do you have to spend in order to be able to go and pay the, uh, pay the fellow back? So uh, the Gemara is going to then talk about a machlokas tanayim of what to do if five different uh, uh, if, if, uh, if you, have, you have five different people who all claim to be the guy that you stole from. And we're going to have a discussion whether this only applies when nishpel is And there's going to be three ways to understand that machlokas. And that's essentially all of Ahmed Bey's and even going into a little bit of Ahmed Aleph of tomorrow's daf. So let's begin the second wide line on daf kuf bey's Ahmed Bey's tan rabbanan. So we have this price that tells us as follows. If you buy a field, but instead of writing your own name in the star that you're the one buying it, you write the name of Chavero, or uh, the name of, what it really means is the name of the Reish Galusa, someone very, very powerful as the buyer of this field, so we do not force him to sell it. But if you say Almanas, then we do force him to sell it. So who's him? Who are we forcing to sell it? What's the Almanas? What's going on here? Micah Amar, what is the Bryson in fact telling me? So the two interpretations of the Bryson. Number 
number one. Amar Rav Sheshes Hachika Amar. Rav Sheshes learns the price as follows: Halokech Sadech Mechaveru B'Shem Reish Galusa. A person buys a field for himself, but he tells the mocher, "You know what? I'm buying it for the Reish Galusa." And why does he tell the mocher that? Because he doesn't want anyone to be ma'arer that uh, to start up with him that he doesn't really own this field and that it really belongs to them. But he, the, but the mocher thinks that that this guy is just a shaliach of the Reish Galusa buying a field for the Reish Galusa. So he actually writes in the Shtar Mechira that it's for the Reish Galusa. We cannot force the Reish Galusa to write another Shtar Mechira that he's selling the Karka to this Lokeach in order that the Lokeach will have a Shtar that has his own actual name on it. But the Imamar, but if the Lokeach says to the Mocher that he's only being Koned Almanas, Almanas that, uh, that the Reish Galusa will write another Shtar Mechira that this is being sold to him, then Kofen Reish Galusa Limkar. Then we do force the Reish Galusa to write another Shtar Mechira so that this guy will at least have some Shtar that has his own name on it. So the Gemara explains what would be the reason for any of these Dinim if you learn the Brisa in this way. So Amr Mar, Halukeach Sadr B'Shem Reish Galusa in Kofenos Reish Galusa Limkar, Mechal Dimikrakanile. The implication of the Brisa is that the Lokeach is in fact Kona even though the Mocher has no idea who he's selling it to. The Mocher thinks he's selling it to the Reish Galusa, but nevertheless, this Lokeach is in fact the real owner of the field. The only discussion is, do we force the Reish Galusa to write some sort of star to certify that this guy is the owner of the field? But it sounds like, in, 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 in reality, he is the owner of the field, even though the Mocher had no idea that he was selling it to him. So, maybe the time of this Brisa, the way Rav Shesh is learning the Brisa, is against the Bnei Marava that we learned yesterday. Da Amri because the Bnei Marava said that if you give money to your shaliach, that he should buy saorin, and instead he buys chitin, that the balabayis is not kona the chitin, because no one told the balabayis, uh, no one told the bal chitin to be makna the chitin to the balabayis. The mocher is intending to be makna to the lokeach that's in front of him, not to the balamaos. And therefore, according to the Bnei Marava over here also, the din should be that the lokeach is not kona the karka, even though he actually is the Balamos, but the Reish Galusa should be called to the Karka because the Lokeach is saying to him that he's purchasing it for the Reish Galusa. So it must be that this Tana holds like the Shita of Rabbi Yochanan that we learned yesterday, who disagrees with the Bnei Marava and, uh, and assumes instead that the Dasa Mocher is always to be Makna to the Balamos, and the Shliach does not have to let him know that he's buying Chitin for the Balabais, and therefore over here also the Lokeach is called to the Karka, even though he told the Mocher that he's being called for the Reish Galusa, because the Lokeach is the legitimate real Bal Hamaos. And that's what we assume, that the Das HaMocher is always for the Bal Hamaos, to sell it to the Bal Hamaos. So therefore, at this price of the way Rav Sheshis learns it, is assuming not like the Bnei Marava, yes, like Rabbi Yochanan, that whenever you're selling, you don't, uh, it's not about uh, who you're under the impression is buying it. No, Bal Hamaos. Whoever the Bal Hamaos is, that's who you're selling it to. And therefore, this Lokeach is in fact the owner, even though the Mocher is under the impression that it's being sold to the Reish Galusa. So it says, nah, If that's why you think that this price is against the Bnei Marava, that's not really a problem. The case might, rather, the case might be that the Lokech told the Mocher 
and told the Edim that he's buying this field for himself. He's just asking that they write in the Shtar that it's being sold to the Reish Galusa because he doesn't want an ear or coming out from somewhere else that someone should come and make any tainas on it. And therefore, even according to the Bnei Marava, of course the Lokech is actually Kona because the Lokech is buying it. He's the Balamos. The Mokher knows that he's selling it to the Lokech. It's just that they uh, wrote something else in the Shtar in order that the Lokech shouldn't have any trouble later on. So I asked the Gemara, yeah, but Rav Sheshit is learning of this Brisa may not be against B'nai Marava, but it is against logic, because Ela Ema Seifa, then read the Seifa of the Brisa, the way the Rav, Sh- Rav Sheshit learns the Brisa. That Almanas, if you say that you're buying this field, Almanas, that the Reish Galusa is going to write a star for you that says that you're the real owner, then we force the Reish Galusa to write such a star. Am I? Why would we? What did the Reish Galusa do wrong over here? The Reish Galusa is minding their own business. I go and I write a shah, I know that everyone's going to start up with me because I'm little me, but no one's going to start up with the Reish Galusa. So I decide to use their good name in my star. So now we're going to force them? Well, what is the Reish Galusa? Why should the Reish Galusa be forced to write anything? Let the Reish Galusa, lo yekraichu bi'ina. I don't need your cover that you make me this important person that you use my name to, 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 uh, to, to make people fearful of starting up with you. And I'm not interested in your busyness either. That you're going to make me write shtaros. To write shtaros that you're selling land makes it sound like you're in need of money and you're trying to sell off assets. I don't need to be doing that. So I'm not going to write a shtar. It doesn't make any sense the way Rav Shesh is learning the price that we would force the Reish Galusa. Ela Amr Abaye says, there's a second way to learn the price. Halokech sadu b'shem chavero. A person buys a karka for himself, but he tells the Kona that he's buying it for the Reish Galusa. And again, the purpose is so no one will start up with him. And they write in the Shtar that it's for the Reish Galusa. We don't force the Mocher of the Sadeh to write an additional Shtar in this fellow's name uh, so that he could have a Raya just in case the Reish Galusa ever comes knocking and says, excuse me, I believe you have my field because there's a Shtar that says it belongs to me. So the, the Lokech may want to have a star that says that it in fact belongs to him. So we don't force the Mocher to write a second star that says that it in fact belongs to the Lokech. The Imam Lo and the Lokech tells the Mocher, Almanas, that I'm only buying this field, Almanas, that you write me two shtaros, one with the name of the Reish Galusa, so no one will start up with it, and one under my name, in case the Reish Galusa starts up with me, so Kofanes HaMocher Limkar. Then we do force the Mocher to write a second star. So I'm <coughs> So we had said, <clears throat> this price had said the way Abayi understood it. That we do not force the Mocher to write another star for the fellow who's actually buying it. Well, Pshita. Why would we ever force him to write another uh, another star? The rush writes the reason we would never force him is because it's not Noach la Adam that he should have many shtarus mecher. So he doesn't want to write another star. He doesn't want a thousand shtarus mecher coming out under uh, under his name. The Yamshel Shlomo says that that which the rush has to explain that is because otherwise he would say kofen al the stone. It's no skin off your back. Just write another star. It's, uh, it's only one piece of land. So no, he does have what to lose because uh, he, it's going to ruin his good name that he has all these shtarus that he's 
selling off uh, fields. So Mal de Tema, I might have thought Matsyamale that the Lokech can say to the Mokher, Media Data Nalanafshakilna, you knew the whole time that I'm buying this field for myself, Upinchaya bi almahudikabiina, and that which I wrote a star with the name of the Rich Galusa was only to save me from trouble, the Zuzibikdilo Shadina, but I have no intention of throwing my money away that I'm gonna buy a field without any raya that I'm the owner of the field. You should have realized that when I asked you to write a star that says the Rish Galusa's name as the Lokeach, that you're going to need to write another star, that the intention the whole time was that you're going to need to write another star, that I'm the Lokeach. So Kamashvallah, and that's why the Bryce is telling me that he doesn't have to write such a star, because the Mocha could say, maybe I assumed you made it tonight with the Reish Galusa, I assumed that before you used the Reish Galusa's name, you worked something out with them, and that they're going to write you another star. I didn't assume that you're relying on me to write you another star, and you're just stealing the Reish Galusa's name to use for your own benefit. I figured you had something worked out with them. So the Gemara explains the Chiddush then of the Seif of the Bryce of him, Amar Lob, but if Lokech says to the Mocher, Almanas, that uh, I'm buying this Almanas that you write me two shtaros, one with the name of the Reish Kalusa and one with my own name, then we do in fact force him to write another star, the Mocher to write another star. So says Marpshita, well obviously if you make it Almanas, that I'm only buying this Almanas that you write me two stars, you got to write two stars. So Lotzricha. So says Mar, no, it's not talking about where you made such a Tanai, Beferush, Damalu Lasadi, Kamei he said to the Edim in front of the Mocher, Chazu Dishtara Achrina Kabaina. You're a little more uh, cagey about it. In front of the Edim, you said to the Mocher, just realize I need a second star. You didn't say from whom, you didn't say, I need a second star. So I might have thought that that the Mocher could tell the Kona, I assumed that you were just uh, mentioning that you're going to need a star from the Reish Galusa because you know, they're the ones whose name you're putting in this star. So that the Lokech can say to the Mocher, why do you think I said it to the Edim Dafka in front of your face? Because you're the one I need the star from and you should have understood Understood that, and therefore you're obligated to write me the second, uh, the second star. So that is the second version of the brisa. So the Gemara brings another issue that connects back to the machlokes between Rabbi Yochanan and the Bnei Marava. Whether uh, you have such a time of miodio lebalchitin, shiaknechitin lebalmaos, does the balchitin have to know who he's being the makne the chitin to? So Rav Kana Zuze Akitana. Rav Kana bought pishton. He bought flax and he paid good money for it. And uh, but he didn't take possession of the flax. He left it in the rishus of the uh, of the mocher. Um, so the assumption is at this point in the Gemara that he had already acquired the flax. He had already done a kinyan on it. He just left it by the mocher because Moos is not konos when uh, when it comes to metaltalin. You need to do an actual kinyan hagba meshicha something. So we're assuming he did a physical kinyan, but instead of bringing it to his own storage facility, he just left it in the mocher's warehouse after he had already done this kinyan. So Rav Kana was the absolute full owner of this flax that was just still in the uh, Mocher's possession. In the end, the Pishton went way up in value. So the Mocher went and he sold Rav Kahana's Pishton to somebody else at a premium, at a much, much higher price than he had initially sold it to Rav Kahana. And not to steal it, but to give that money to Rav Kahana, to then turn around and give 
give Rav Kahana that money. He figured it was a great investment for Rav Kahana, and he'll uh, cash out on behalf of Rav Kahana when, uh, when, the, when the price was high. So Asal came to Rav, he came to Rav, Amrlei, my office. Rav Kahana said, what am I supposed to do now? Should I go and collect my money that this guy got from the Lukuchos of the Pishtan, so yeah, I, I, I'm going to get a lot more money, and it's going to look like ribis. It should be also midrabanan. Midarais ribis is only if there's a halva'a, not when it's bederach memkach mekachu memker. But the chum asered other forms of ribis. So this also is near a ribis because I paid the guy a hundred dollars for the pishton, I never brought the pishton home, and now he's giving me back five hundred dollars. That looks a lot like ribis. So Rav said, "E kikazabni amri haikitanu tekanahu." If at the time that the guy sold the pishton to these other he made it clear this pishton belongs to Rav Kahana and I'm selling on his behalf Zilshkol. then you're allowed to take that money it's yours, that guy was just serving as your shliach but if he never told the Lukuchos that this pishton belongs to Rav Kahana and the Lukuchos thought that the pishton belonged to the mocher himself then you should not take the money because uh, that you should only take the money that you paid for the pishton but not the, uh, the, the increase in value um, because uh, it's going to be nearer Karibis if you take more money than, uh, than you initially paid for it. So Gemara says, Keman, who is Rav assuming like that he paskids that if the Lukuchos did not know that the Bishop belonged to Rav Kana, then Rav Kana is not the rightful owner of the money and he can't take it. Kibnei Marava, that seems like the, the, he's, the, that Rav, Rav is assuming like the Bnei Marava. The Amri, Miodio Lebal Chitin Shiak Lechitin Lebal Amos. That uh, just like the Bal Chitin had no Kavana to be Makna the Chitin to the Bal Amos, he thought he was just being Makna the Chitin to the guy standing in front of him. So too, the people buying the Pishton had no idea to be Makna the, the money to the Bala Pishton. They were just being Makna the money to the guy that was, that was right in front of them selling them the Pishton. And therefore, Afkana never became the owner of the money. So the Gemara says, nah. To me of Rav Kana Arba Veshakel Timni. What did Rav Kana originally give the money Almanas to be paid back with money? Uh, he gave four, and now he's going to take back eight. That's Doma Laribis. That, that's not what happened. Rav Kana gave money for the Pishton that he had bought, and now the Pishton is his wherever it belongs. The Pishton went up in value where, wherever it is, and the Balea Pishton who sold it to, uh, to to other people, Migzal Gazlua, they stole that Pishton from Rav Kana. They had no right to go selling it to other people. It didn't belong to them. Utanan, and the Mishnah says, The Balei Pishtun sold it at a time where it was way up in value, so they should pay Rav Kana based on what it was worth at the time that they sold it, because that was the Shasak Zela. When they went and took Rav Kana's Pishtun and turned around to sell it to somebody else, that's Shasak Zela. They were stealing. So the Gemara says, the Taina of the Bnei Marav is irrelevant over here, because you don't need the local the, the, the Lukuchos to be makna the money. Who's going to let them know that they're. No, Ravkana could take the money like Tashlumi Gezela. And it's not that he's not getting the money from the Lukuchos, he's getting the money from the Mocher, because the Mocher stole it from him. So that's who he's getting the money from. That's not. Uh, that, that has nothing to do with the, uh, with the Das of the, uh, uh, of, 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 the, of the Lukuchos. So the Gemara says that uh, the Maisa was a little bit different than we've been assuming, and that way we'll be able to explain Rab's Sakh. 
Amri, they explained, he never did a Kenyan Mashiach. He, he didn't really uh, take ownership of this Pishtun. It was just purely Amana, meaning he trusted the Mocher. So he gave the money, uh, uh, trusting that the Mocher would deliver the Pishtun or would, would, give him the, would furnish him with the Pishtun when he asked for it. And this is Rav Paskining Lishitaso. The reason that Rav Paskin, that he cannot take the money based on the increase in value is because Dhamma Rav, Rav says so a person could give money to someone else and make a deal with him that he's going to give him peros at a later time based on today's prices even if the peros go up in value but that's only if he gives money if, if uh, in the end of the day the guy gives peros but you cannot uh, make an amana with money you can't give someone money today and uh, make the deal that he's going to give you back uh, more money, you know, for, for payrolls, and then he's going to give you back more money when those payrolls go up in value, you can only, because that's near a caribis. You can only do it if he's going to give you the payrolls at today's prices, even later on when those payrolls are worth more. But you cannot make such a deal where he's going to give you the value of the payrolls later on when, uh, when you're, you only pay today's prices for, the, for, for those payrolls. And therefore, Rav Paskins, that if at the time that he sold the Pishtun, he didn't say that it belongs to Rav Kahana, so Rav Kahana is not allowed to take the money. And, and if he did say that it belongs to, to Rav Kahana, so why does that work? So then they were Mazaka the Pishton Meikara, and it becomes like the Shaliach of Rav Kahana to sell the Pishton that he was Mazaka to him, and therefore he's allowed to take the money because it's, it's no longer Amana Bedamim. It's, uh, it's his. He was Mazaka in the Pishton, and the Pishton actually belongs to him. That's how the Peneshu explains. Okay, so new mission now. So the background to this mission is as follows Anyone who owes money to uh, somebody else, and he denies that he owes the money, and he swears falsely to that denial, so he has to pay back a Karen that, uh, of what he was, uh, you know, of that which he had denied uh, and he actually owes, and then he has to add an extra Chomesh uh, on, on, on the amount of money that he denied, and he's Chayiv in Hasham Gezelos. Pasuk says, Omi kal asher yishav alav l'shaker v'shilim also barosho v'chamish sav yosef alav, he has to add another Chomesh, uh, and he has to bring a carbon asham as well. So our mission is going to tell us that the din of Hashavas Gezela is different if you swore falsely about the Gezela or if you never swore falsely about the Gezela. Uh, if a person stole something, even if he denied it, but he never swore falsely, if he later wants to admit and he wants to pay back, he does not have to chase the Bailim to the ends of the earth in order to return the Gezela. He could hang on to the Gezela until the Bailim comes to take it from him. However, if you swore falsely uh, on a Shavapruta, and now you're, uh, you're being moda, you have to chase the Bailim to the ends of the earth in order to be able to get your Kapara, in order to be able to return the, uh, the Gezela, even if it's very expensive to chase the Bailim to the ends of the earth to do so. Uh, because the Pasuk says when it comes to Anishvah Lesheker, Lasher hu lo yitnenu biyom ashmaso, that you better make sure to give it to him. It's not his responsibility to pick it up from you, it's your responsibility to give it to him. So says the Mishnah, 
If a person steals at least a shavaputa vinish below, and he swears falsely that he did not steal that uh, that shavaputa. Now, normally shvus hatayanim is only when you have a tiny of shteikhesef and a hodaa of a shavaputa. That's a mishnah masechah shavuos. So Tosus points out our mishnah is talking about when he was nishba meatzmo, um, and by and even by shvus atzmo when he's nishba l'sheker, you're chayiv karen v'chomash v'yashem. Say nachinami bezin will not be meshbia you unless there was uh, unless it was a little more money involved, but if you're Nishmali Atzma, it still activates the din of uh, Karen and Chum, Meshanasham, and as long as that din is activated, then our Mishnah is relevant. So that, for that, you only need a Shavaputa. So on his own, he swore falsely about a Shavaputa. Bezin didn't force him to swear. On his own, he swore falsely that he doesn't owe the Shavaputa, and, uh, and now he wants to admit that he does owe the Shavaputa, so he's going to owe the Shavaputa plus a Chumash and bring a Karban. So the Gazan has to go after the Lamada. Uh, uh, he has to chase him all the way to Madai. That he does, he's not going to get a kapara until he returns the gazela to the nigzal, and he can't bring his asham for a kapara until he returns the gazela to the uh, to the nigzal. Why Madai of all places on earth? So Pasha says it's really far away, so that's why they say Madai. But in the Sefer Kolalio, he points out that the Chiddush uh, in, in, in bringing it to Madai is that the Kesef is not really worth anything in Madai. The Pasuk in Yishayo says, that apparently money wasn't worth much in Madai. So you, yeah, you have a, a grand total of a Shavapruta, plus a Chavash, that you're going to bring to Madai, where money's not worth anything, people are uh, super wealthy. So I, I have to spend thousands of dollars to go to Madai to give a guy something that he doesn't need. He doesn't, you know, it doesn't really mean anything to him where he is. Yeah, you have to do that if you want to get a Kapara. So since his Kapara is Taloi, on returning it to the Nigzal, Lo Lo Velo you cannot give it to the son of the Nigzal, not to the Shliach of the Nigzal, because if the Gzela does not get to the Nigzal, you do not have a Kapara. Um, and, and therefore, if, the, if you give it to his son or to his Shliach and they lose it, you got to find him again and give it again. Aval, however, because of Takanas Hashav and the Chamur Mesakein, that no single Shliach Bezdin, that you're allowed to give it to a Shliach Bezdin and you become Pater through that. And when you give it to a Shliach Bezdin, at that point you can already bring your Karban Hashem, even though the Nigzal doesn't have it yet. That's a special Takanas Hashav to make it easier for a guy to do Tshuva. The Imes, and if the Nigzal dies, so Yachsu Liyarshav, then you can give it to the Yarshim of the Nigzal, and, uh, the, the, uh, and, and you have to chase the Yarshim, Afilu Lamadai. And you can't just you can't bring in carbon Hashem until they receive the gazela. The Rashva explains that the chiddush over here is that even though the pasuk says Lasher hu lo yitnenu biyomash maso, it's lavdafka lo, meaning the nigzal himself. Who adin liyarshav? Meaning I might have thought that if it doesn't even include shlucho and shlucho shalom kamoso, maybe it doesn't include yarshim either. So kamash no, no. If it's if he's not here anymore, it includes the yarshim. The Mi'iri says in the name of Yeshvi Shomer that no, the chiddush is different. The chiddush is that the Nigzal could return it to any one of the Yarshim. Meaning the guy may have ten sons, so he has a whole bunch of Yarshim, so just find one of them and return it to him and he'll figure it out among his brothers of what to, uh, what to do with it. They'll have to divide it, you know, divide it evenly among them. Right? It's not going to be Pishnayim because it's Ro'i, it's not Muchsak. So they'll divide it evenly uh, uh, among them. But you don't have to find every Yorish. That's the Chiddush over here that you give it to any one of his Yarshim. Okay, so now the Mishnah um, uh, explains the Din that that's only by whether it's only on the uh, Karen or also on the Chomesh that you uh, that you owe as well. So 
Karen. Let's say the Gazan paid the, niz, the Nigzal. After he swore falsely, he paid him the Karen. And you only owe him the Okshachomesh. That's the only part you haven't paid him yet. Or or he was Mochel, you on the Karen. He says, you don't have to pay me back, but you do have to pay me back the Chomesh. Or or he says, Mochel, the Karen and the Chomesh, except for Pachos Mishavapruta. So in all those cases, you do not have to chase after him to return the Gzela. You could, uh, you could hold on to it until the Nigzal comes. You're not allowed to keep it, but you could hold on to it until the Nigzal comes to collect it from you, because the Chiv to chase after him to get, return the Gzela is only by uh, a Karen, and only when that Karen is a Shavapruta. So it doesn't apply to the Chomesh, and it doesn't apply to Karen, that's, uh, that's Pachos uh, Mishavapruta. Tosus wonders on Daf Kovdal, and based on tomorrow's Daf, why does the Mishnah have to tell me over here that if you have a, if, if you remain with the Chiv of less than the Shavapruta of the Karen, then you don't have to chase him to Madai. We already know this from the Reisha, that Agozos Chavero Shavapruta Madai. So it sounds like already from the Reisha, only if it's a Shavapruta do you have such a din. So now the Mishnah has to uh, sneak in there again. Oh, but if he's Mokhal, everything except for Pachos Mishavapruta, I know that the whole din only applies to Shavapruta. This line of the Mishnah really, should really just be about the Chomesh. It shouldn't be about Shavapruta. So the Shittim Gatis quotes a rush that in the ratio we're talking about were the entire Gzelos, Pachos Mishavapruta. Over here it's telling me that even if the Gzela was more than a Pruta, and therefore the Chiv was Chal to chase after him to Madai, but the guy tried to lift some of that requirement by saying I'm mochel much of it, the chiv also goes away. The chiv to chase after him also goes away. I, I, I might have thought that there's a difference between uh, how much you have to owe in order for the chiv to chase after him to be chal versus uh, how much you have to owe in order for the chiv to chase after him to remain if the chiv is already in place. So that's why the Mishnah is telling me, no, it's the same. The, the, uh, what, what you require for the chiv to remain is the same as what you require for the chiv to, uh, to be chal. Shidim Gatzis quotes Rabbeinu Yehonah's son that the chiddush is that even though you didn't pay anything, the guy was just mochel. V'lochasar bimamono klum, he says. You didn't cost yourself anything since the chiv that remains is pachs mishavapruta. You don't have to uh, chase after him. Okay, says the Mishnah Vaiter, but nasalasa chomesh. V'lo nasalasa Karen, if you paid the Chomesh already and all you owe, what you still owe is the Karen, or or the guy was Mochal on the Chomesh, and you owe the Karen, or or the guy's Mochal everything except for still a Shavar, not less than a Shavar, but an actual Shavar of the Karen, then Tzarek Leilichachrov. So again, the din is the same, that there's no real, it seems that there's no, the Rishon Rabbah, there's no real Chiddush in this line, it's just the reverse of the other line, that if you owe Karen, of at least a Shavapruta, then you need to chase after the guy. So now, says the Mishaf, after you, you uh, swore falsely, and then you were Moda, and you're Chayv Karen Mechomesh, Nosnos Karen Vinish below Alachomesh. Let's say you paid the niggas of the Karen, and then you swore falsely again on the, uh, on the Chomesh. Uh, and then your moda, oh, by the way, I swore falsely about that chomesh, I really do owe that chomesh. Hareza Mishalim, chomesh al chomesh. Not only do you have to pay the chomesh, now you have to pay a chomesh on that, uh, that chomesh. Because that chomesh that you were chayv because of the original karen that you had stolen, and you swore falsely on it, now that chomesh becomes the karen. And any, uh, anyone who's chayv to pay mamun uh, to somebody else, min adin, and he swears falsely about it, and then he's moda to it, has to add a chomesh to that. So if you uh, give him the first chomesh, and you you're Nishma Lashaker on the second Chomesh, and you're then Moda, so then you pay 
you pay the you, you, you pay the which became the karen, and the chomesh of that chomesh and it will go liyolam that way. Chomesh and chomesh and chomesh. If you keep doing that, you can keep going forever. Until you get to the point where the karen, where the new karen, the chomesh, which is the new karen, is less than a shavapruta, because then you're only come from a shavapruta, and the Torah is not mechayiv a chomesh and nasham when you're uh, when you're nishpal a sheker on pachsmishavapruta. And the Mishnah explains that these dinim are not only when you stole; it's any time you owe somebody money. It doesn't have to be that you stole the money. <laughs> it could be that you were a shomer of a picadon, and the guy says, "Hey, can I have my picadon back?" And you say, "I don't know what you're talking about. I don't have any picadon of yours." And you swear to that. Shnemar, because the says, sheker." Any type of case where you have money that doesn't belong to you, In all those cases, if you swear falsely, it's karen, it's chomesh, it's asham. So now the Mishnah said that if you go to shavar pruta and you swear falsely, you have to chase the guy down even to madai nishpalo below low. It sounds like that it's only if you swore falsely about it. But if you stop a gazlan that owes somebody money, you don't have to chase the guy down. So the Gemara assumes that there's no special din by Nishbel Sheker to return the gzela to the nigzal more than a gazlan who's not Nishbel Sheker. Um, but if there's a din ashava to a nigzal, it's uh, it's midin vehishves gzela. So that has, has nothing to do with whether you're Nishbel Sheker. So ask Gemara money. Who's the town of our mission that holds that the chiyav ashava to the nigzal is only when you're Nishbal Shekhar, not when you're not Nishbal Shekhar. I mean, the Gemara is making the assumption that the, uh, the idea that you have to chase after him is a function of Chiyuf Hashava. And we're saying that, oh, there's only a Chiyuf Hashava if you were Nishbal Shekhar. Below Rabbi Tarfan, below Rabbi Akiva, that conforms with nobody. There is a machlokas Rabbi Tarfan Rabbi Akiva about the chiyuv hashava to the nigzal, but they don't make a distinction between nishbar and lo nishba. The Tanan, we have a Mishnah Masechzi Vamos, Gazal Echad Michamisha. If you steal from one of five people, then you is man, and you have no idea which one you stole from. The kolach romer osikazal, and each one says, "Oh, you stole from uh, from me." So maniach kizela b'nei mistalik. You put down the stolen item between them and let them figure it out, and then you do Rabbi Tarfon, Rabbi Akiva Omer lozu derech motziyasa midei aver. That is not going to save you from the aver of gezel. You need to make good with all of them. So the Gemara assumes that by this din of Gazalech and Michamisha Bnei Adam, the Machlokas is, is about the so din of Hashavas Gzela that the Torah is Mechaib. The Rabbi Tarpon holds that you're Mechaib the din of Hashavas Gzela when uh, you're not holding the Gzela anymore. So it's good enough to just put it down and let them figure it out. Whereas Rabbi Kiva holds that the din of is to make sure that the Nigzal has his money back. And it's not enough that you're not holding on to the gzela anymore. So you can't just put it down between them because you don't know that the nixel is going to get it back. So it sounds like that's true whether the gazlan is nishvul sheker or not nishvul sheker. So money. So who is the town of our Mishnah who holds that there's no chiv to chase a nixel all the way to madai when you didn't swear? I Rabbi Tarfon Avagav Deishtava. If you're assuming like Rabbi Tarfon, even if you, if if you did swear, Amar Maniach Kazel Benayim Mustalik. He says you don't have to go crazy. Just make sure you're not holding on to it any, a, a, anymore. So if uh, the gazlan shouldn't be chayiv to chase the guy to madai, even if he's nishvul sheker. He should just uh, be comfortable with returning the, the, the nigzal, the gzela, when the nigzal comes. So now I'm not hanging on to it anymore. I'm just holding on to it until he comes to collect it. And if you're assuming like Rabbi Akiva, it doesn't matter whether you swore or not. You need to make sure that the guy gets, uh, gets his money back. So now the Gemara uh, retracts.
tracks what it initially assumes that the Mishnah of Gazalechem Mechavish Bnei Adam is talking about whether you took a Shavua or didn't take a Shavua and the Machlokas is about Hashavas Agzela. No, the Mishnah is Davka talking about where you're initially a Sheker and we now explain the Machlokas Rabbi Tavra and Rabbi Kiva slightly differently. So we say Liolam Rabbi Akiva Really our Mishnah assumes like Rabbi Kiva V'chikam Rabbi Kiva You know when Rabbi Kiva said that you have to make sure that you will make good with all five people that you might have stolen from? That's only in the case where you were Nishmal Shekhar. My time, well, what's the basis for Bikiva that when you're Nishmal Shekhar, you have such a Chiva Shava to make sure it gets back to the Nigzal? Because the Pasuk says, by Nishmal Shekhar, that it's Dafka by Nishmal Shekhar that you have a Chiyuv to make sure it gets to the Nigzal, and therefore you have to bring it even to Madai. And if you don't know who you stole it from, you have to give it back to all five of them. But when you're not Nishmal Shekhar, those excess Chiyuvim of giving it back to all five of them or chasing the guy to Madai, do not apply. Rabbi Tarfan, Rabbi Tarfan, who holds that you could be Maniach Gizela Beneyam and you're done, Aval Gavti Yishtava holds that even if you, uh, if you took a uh, Shvua, that uh, that's all you need to do is put down the money and let them figure it out. Titania, because we have a price about the din in our Mishnah, that if you uh, swear falsely about chasing the guy to Madai, that Rabbi Lazar, Rabbi Tzadik Omer, Takana Gedoli Hiskinu, the Chum made a major Takana. Shem Haisa Otsai, Seir Ala Keren, Mishalim Keren Vachomish Lebezin, Umevi Hashem Mishaperlo. That if it's a $2,000 plane ticket to go to Eretz Yisrael to pay the guy back, and then. Uh, uh, to pay him back the $10 that you owe him. So you don't have to do that. You give the $10 to a Bezdin plus the Chomesh, and, uh, and then you can bring your carbon and your Nishapilo. So why does Rabbi Kiva not potter him with this Takana Shacham? Rabbi Kiva doesn't hold of this Takana. So Rabbi Kiva, Rabbi Kiva also holds of Rabbi that they made a Takana like this. But Kiva Rabban Takanta Hechat Yadol Man Gazlai. They only made that Takana when you know who you stole from, because you're being Machsir the Gazela to the Bailim by giving it to Bezdin, because Bezdin is going to be the, uh, the Shlish that's going to hold on to it, and they know exactly who they're holding it on to it for. Uh, but when there's no guarantee that the guy you stole from is ever getting his money back, so the Rabbanan didn't make a takana, giving it back to the base is not going to help. So it turns out that the Machlok Shabbatav from Rabbi Kiva, when you steal from one of five people and you don't know who the people are, is dafka in the case of Nishmul Sheker. When it's not Nishmul Sheker, everyone agrees, Umistalik. Our Mishnah that's Mechaev chasing the guy to Madai is also Benishmul Sheker and assumes like Rabbi Akiva. The Machlokas is whether that which the Chum were Mesakein, that when it costs too much to, uh, to, find, to, to, to return the money, uh, whether you could just leave the, the Gzalin based in, is that true even in the case when you stole from five people? So Gemara says, no, nah, maybe this is not the correct understanding of the Machlokas Rabbi Tav Rabbi Akiva, and maybe it goes as follows. Master Rav Huna Bar Yehuda, Amr Rabbi Shimon Elazar, Lo Nechlo Rabbi Tav Rabbi Akiva, if you purchase if you purchase from one of five people and you don't know who you purchased from and you still owe the money for the purchase, they, they both agree that the you could put between them and let them figure it out. what is the case that they argue about? Not that you purchased something from one of five people, but that you stole from one of five people. Then you man gazal, and you don't know which one you stole from. Rabbi Tavon says just put the money down between them and let them figure it out. Rabbi Kiva 
That's where Rebekah says you have to pay back each and every one of them. But if you can assume to explain the machlokas to ishtava that the case is only when you nishval the sheker mali lakach mali gazal. We said earlier that the din of karen and chomesh and asham has nothing to do with stealing. It has to do with owing money and then swearing falsely that you owe the money. You could owe money because you purchased something and never paid for it. You could owe money because you borrowed. You could owe money because you're a shomer. You could owe money. There are lots of ways you could owe money. So the whole chilek between nishpa and not nishpa is only uh, doesn't make sense if we're only talking about gzela. Va'od masav rava and rava Viter asks if you assume that it's uh, it's uh, the machlok shavit of rava kiva is also about mekach that uh, that uh, meaning that uh, that there was a story of a guy who purchased from two people and he doesn't know which one is the guy he purchased it from uh, and uh, each of them claimed to be the guy and they came to Rabbi Tarfan to Paskin so Amalur Rabbi Tarfan said just put the money down between them and let them uh, and let them figure it out he then came to Rabbi Kiva and Rabbi Kiva says sorry you got to pay all of them and if you're going to tell me no the case must be that he took a Shavua because the whole Machlokas is only if he took a Shavua is it possible that a Chassid a guy we're calling a Chassid was, uh, took a, sh- a false Shavua and that's how he owes this money yeah maybe he's a Chassid today but he wasn't always a Chassid right? you go to the Mikveh you see the Chassid with the tattoos, right? He wasn't always a chassid, right? So he was a chassid once upon a time. He, was, he, he became a chassid more uh, more recently. Chassid Echad is not some random uh, unknown person. Every time we say Chassid Echad, it's either Rabbi Ben Bava, it's Rabbi Ravi Loi, Rabbi Ben Bava, Rabbi Ravi Loi, Chassid Meikarabu. They were tzaddikim, uh, you know, from the time they were born. So the Gemara therefore backs out on this Ukimta and says that the Machlok Rabbi Tav Rabbi Kiva is even when Lo Nishba. So what are they really arguing about? So that we'll get to uh, we'll get to tomorrow. So Hashem Eliyahu, we'll get to the next explanation of the Machlokas between Rabbi Akiva and Rabbi Tarkin. Everyone have a wonderful day. Take care. Have a great day.